Hi there, and God bless you. I'm Brian Hallam. I pray that this message is a blessing to you. Thank you for downloading it, and thank you for following me on Twitter and Instagram and for liking and sharing what we post there. I just want you to know that I believe God wants to do something great in your life and in your family. So as we go into the Word today, let's go in with faith and hope and a high level of expectation for what God is going to do in your life. Well, give somebody a high five and you can be seated this morning. Praise the name of the Lord. God will heal your body. He will heal your body right now. If you're here today and you're visiting us, I am so glad that you're here as our guest. Make sure and stop by the tent. We have a gift for you. But I also want you to know that God will heal you today. He will heal your body. So if that's you and you need healing, I just say just receive it. How do I receive it? We receive by believing. We receive by believing. You go on Amazon.com. Well, you're probably a little late now. You're not going to get it before Christmas. But you go on Amazon.com and you order something. You get a, a tracking number and you believe that you will receive what has been sent. And Amazon, I think they're, I guess, a good company. I don't know. But they can lie to you, but God can't lie. And if he said that he will heal your body, if he will set you free... I don't know exactly what day that shows up for everybody, but what I know is God does not lie. I cannot wait to preach to you this morning. I'm going to preach out of the book of Luke, but we're going to talk about uh, um, storytellers and and the power of a story because everything in our Bible comes down to a story. It it began with with, uh, uh, stories passed down from generation to generation and then they began to be scribed so that they wouldn't be forgotten. But the stories are the most powerful facet because if you can begin to believe something, then you can begin to receive something. But if you don't believe it, you won't receive it. God can, break, God can break a rule. What I mean is he can come down and just, you know, shove a miracle in your life. But almost without exception, the ones that received miracles in the Bible and the ones receiving miracles today are the ones that believe that God will do what he said. In other words, if you believe the Bible, you will see the Bible come to life in front of your face. If you do not believe the Bible, a lot of times you won't see it. And then you wonder, well, what's happening? Well, you don't believe it. So you're not seeing what God said you can see if you'll believe it. There's a lot of people uh, not experiencing different facets of the Scripture, and it's because they segment the Bible. They believe a part of the Bible or a segment of, uh, of Christianity, and then they decide to just put the rest of it out of their mind, or, or, or maybe they don't completely not believe it, but they, 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 don't, they don't choose to pursue any, any facet, but then they don't see it, so therefore they believe that since they haven't seen it, it must not exist anymore, or it must not be happening anymore. Then you want to try to explain why it's not happening anymore instead of recognizing the fact that if you'll believe it, then you can experience the problem is there's a cost to it. There's a cost to living for God. And I think there should be a cost for living for God. There, there is a cost when it comes to your friends and families and co-workers and otherwise. And we're, we are 100% dedicated to winning people that are far from God. Our, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. But at the end of it all, we are going to believe the Bible if nobody else does. Amen. 
Now, now, granted, there are millions and millions and mil- if not billions of people that believe on the gospel. And if they don't agree with us on every facet, praise the Lord. That is absolutely fine with us. And if they don't want us to be on their team, praise the Lord. We have recruited them for our team because if you wave the banner of Christ, we are on the same team. And we love you 100%. But we are going to stand on the word of God until we see the word of God come to pass. We are not going to move, and nor are we going to be moved by what we see. Some of you have been fighting the same battle now for years, if not decades, and you're trying to figure out when it's going to move. I'm here to tell you it is going to move. We don't live by what we see. We live by faith. If we live by what we see, we'd all be in trouble because nobody here has really seen heaven. Now, I know there's a couple of exceptions, but heaven is a place that we don't get to see. It's not something, we, we cross over, then we see it. So we believe in a place that doesn't even you, can't even, you can't even open your eyeballs and see it. Therefore, we have to believe in what we can't see. So we have to get, get off of the track where we derail on things. We say, well, I believe in heaven, and I, I believe that, that that exists, and I believe Jesus is alive, even though I've never seen Jesus. But, but, but I don't know about all these miracle signs, and I've never seen that. Well, why do we believe in heaven? Why do we believe on Jesus? We've never seen heaven we've never seen Jesus no Christianity at its core is believing something that we cannot physically see so what you do is you become very disciplined in it everybody say disciplined Disciplined. you become disciplined in it you begin you begin to believe more in what you can't see than what you can see this happens all the time because you can't see love yet you believe your spouse loves you oh they got me flowers no that's a sign of affection well, they smiled at me. That's a sign of it. You cannot see love, yet you believe in it at the fundamental core of who you are. So exactly the same thing. Listen, I don't care if you're like the man at the pool of Bethesda and you've been carrying around a disease for years and years and years. Your suddenly day is here. Your suddenly day has shown up. And God can and will do exactly what he said he would do. If your marriage is on the rocks, your, your kids are acting like, you know, you wish they weren't acting and, and all kind of problems, I dare, I double dog dare you to stand on the word of God and see what he'll do in your life. Magnifying God at all corners, magnifying him. In the middle of a, a storm, we just had that great hurricane come through uh, Houston and, and, and man, I've never, I've never heard so many powerful testimonies. Of people, they're rebuilding their whole house. They're talking about, boy, God just spared us. I'm like, he spared y'all? Look at your house. But they just living in faith and hope and refusing to live by what we, what we see. I want to I share this one thing before we really get going. This is a, a card my, my niece, my beautiful niece Kenzie made for me. And I want to share a couple of things that she made. It, here it is. What did Adam say on the day before Christmas? Merry Christmas, Eve. (laughs) There's a few of them in here. I'll give you all one or two more. Who delivers presents to baby sharks? Santa Jaws. (laughs) Last one. Which of Santa's reindeer needs to mind his his manners the most? Rudolph. (laughs) Everybody look at your neighbor, look him right in the face and say, tell your story. 
The book of Luke, chapter number 1, verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to, be man, espoused to a man who was named, whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. Everybody say Mary. Mary is a very prominent person in our Christian history. She's a very prominent person in humanity. Uh, uh, one of the great rescuers of all uh, uh, time and all effort. She, the Bible says, was visited in the sixth month. The sixth month is very interesting because six is about two-thirds uh, uh, excuse me, six, six is the number of man, which is always important. So literally, she comes down, uh, the angel comes down and begins to talk to Mary about what's going to happen in her life. She's engaged to a guy named Joseph. Joseph is out of the house of David. The reason it's important that he's out of the house of David is that would mean that whenever there is a census done in the near future, he would have to go to a place called Bethlehem, which literally means house of bread, and Jesus would later give his disciples the Last Supper or Holy Communion. He would say, this is my body that is broken for you and for many. In other words, I am the bread of life. So he would be born in a place called the house of bread or bread basket, Bethlehem, which would not have happened had she married anybody other than Joseph or somebody that was out of the lineage of David because if you were out of the lineage of David, then you had to go to the city of David. You had to go to Bethlehem in order to be taxed or in order to be counted. So she, she, the virgin is engaged to marry a man named Joseph. Now, engaged in those days didn't mean engaged like it means now. Engaged in those days meant you were legally bound together and the only way that you could be unbound was you actually had to have a bill or a writ of divorcement in those days. So when she was espoused to marry Joseph, that was set in stone. It was in the eyes of God and, and religion at that time. She was, in fact, bound to Joseph. So the only way to get out of it is they had to annul or divorce uh, or divorce that uh, uh, commitment or covenant that they had entered into. So she is a, a virgin. She's, she's in her teens, most likely, and, and she's uh, espoused or engaged to marry Joseph. So that means she had spent, you know, the previous uh, months or, or years, however long she had been engaged, and she had probably been planning her great wedding. And she had probably been planning and, and thinking about the dress she was going to wear and, and where, where the wedding was going to be. And, oh, I hope so-and-so can be there. And I hope that this could happen. And, man, we're just going to have a great time. And maybe afterwards we're going we're gonna to do a, a, one of those great dances down the aisle. And maybe they'll put it on YouTube. And she's so excited about all the things that will happen in her marriage. And all of a sudden, the Bible says that Gabriel comes down and he, she ha, he has a message for her. And the angel came in to her, came into where she was and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. Everybody say highly favored. Highly favored. The Lord is with you. Blessed art thou among women. So now she's, she's in a place. She's thinking about getting married. She's very excited about it. Uh, everything's going good. She's just thinking in her mind, you know, I'm going to marry Joseph. Life's going to be so good. And uh, where he's going to build furniture. And, and we're just going to be, I'm going to have babies. And it's just going to be the greatest time. And all of a sudden, an angel shows up and says, you are highly Favored, the Lord is with you. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. 
In other words, a lot of times the will of God will show up in your life in the moment that you least expect it. Comfort and God's will oftentimes don't coincide indefinitely. As a matter of fact, in order for anything to grow, it has to be stretched. And almost exclusively, when God has something for you to do, there will be a level of discomfort that shows up that you will either begin to feel uh, a moving on the inside, a stirring on the inside. In my life, uh, uh, I, 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 can, I can recognize when God is doing something and, and transitioning by, by things just, everything starts to bother me. And I don't mean like in a, in a hostile way, but everything starts to bother me. So I begin to get uncomfortable about this and uncomfortable about this. And, and I don't understand why this is happening. I don't understand why this is happening. And almost without exception, something is shifting and God is getting ready to expose to me another step or the next thing to do. And therefore, I've got to get to the place where I get just as comfortable with God in the uncomfortable times as I am when the fence is painted, the laundry is done, the yard is mowed, the bills are paid and everything else because when you get in that place with God now all of a sudden God can use you because God doesn't want to just send you to places where you're comfortable on the contrary God doesn't want you just having comfortable conversations all the time had a great conversation with a a dear friend of mine not too long ago and we sat there we were talking just kind of tepid water stuff and I said man I said I don't want to you know take something too far I said but let's just talk about the Lord I said I said "I, I, I don't like talking about nothing all day I said, I want to talk about something with some depth and some gravity. And uh, uh, when it comes to sports or, or, or whatever you are really passionate about and you enjoy, there's nothing wrong with that. But there's got to be some depth to your life where you can begin to give the Lord some opportunity to speak to you in ways that he is longing to do so. The problem is it might be when you're planning something else. Now, here's the thing. Mary was engaged to marry Joseph. And God did not stop it from happening, but sometimes it, happening, it happens different than we're mapping it out. God didn't stop her dreams. In other words, seek ye first the kingdom of God and, all, and his righteousness and all these things, everything that you're thinking will be added unto you. But at the, at the beginning of who it is, at the beginning of who you are, you have to continue to pursue his will for your life and then he will cause all these other things to come to pass. Somebody say amen. amen. So the Bible says she's highly favored and, and, and the Lord is with her and she's blessed. And she says, I am troubled on the inside. And she's thinking about it. She says, what do you even mean? How can this happen? Well, here's the thing. If that's you and, and you have sensed the Lord, maybe, maybe the Lord spoke to you a long time ago. Maybe, and, and how does the Lord speak? A lot of times it's just a feeling on the inside. Sometimes it can be an angel come and talk to you just like that. I've had encounters that I would put similar to this, not quite as illustrated as this, but I've had encounters very similar to this. But almost without exception, when the Lord moves in my life or directs me, it is, it is just a, a simple knowing on the inside. Or everything else says that I should do something else, but I've got peace to do this other thing. So for me, the, the, the way to follow God that has been most successful in my life is to follow after peace with all of my heart. 
And that means when I don't understand why, I just don't want to do this. Not too long ago, I'll tell you guys a, a, a brief story. We got a new dog. His name is Hank. Praise the Lord. And he is this little, just this, this cutest little dog. And, you know, like, like anything, he's a puppy. And I got a real simple philosophy. It, it works for all of humanity. If you don't like puppies, I don't like you. Because if you don't like puppies, there's something wrong way down deep. I'm joking about that. But puppies are just cute, you know. So the week before we got old Hank, we had gone and we were going to go get a different puppy. We had put money down on this dog. We had done everything. And we pull in and we're about a mile or two away. And all of a sudden, something jumped in my spirit. Now, we drove to Arlington, Texas for this dog after church. We put the kids, we get up about 5 o'clock, give or take, on Sunday morning, get the kids up. We're here, uh, uh, we're here very early. We're here after service. Our, it's a full day for our entire family, and I'm not complaining about it. We love what we do, but it's a very significant day. Sunday afternoon, that day we got in the car, we got the kids some chicken strips, and praise the Lord, we drive to Arlington, Texas, which is not across the street. I just want you to know. And we get there, and everybody's excited because we're going to pick up a puppy, and I get a mile from the doggone place to pick it up and, and all of a sudden something jumped in my spirit and I said no I, I'm ready to get this dog I don't want to think about another dog we already put money down on this dog praise the Lord and I said I said baby I said Chris I said listen I said something jumped in me just now I said if we walk in that place and there is anything that gives us you know a, a, an ounce of, of, of question I want to make sure that we're we can walk away I said I don't even care about money I said, doesn't make me any difference. I said, this, I said, now a dog, some people get dogs and don't have dogs, doesn't make me any difference, but it's a 15-year decision if the dog stays healthy. That means, and I thought about this this morning, this dog, I'll be 50 years old if this dog, if this dog lives out his life. And that's a thought. I thought, man, that's interesting. So we pull into this very nice subdivision. Everything's beautiful. Everything's wonderful. We go in, and there's a basket, a laundry basket full of puppies on the ground. And the only thing cuter than a puppy is a laundry basket full of puppies. So they're rolling all over each other. They're doing puppy stuff. And I'm sitting there, and my spirit man is going, nope, not a chance. Nope, nope, nopeity, nope, just walk away. And I'm like... I'm like, yeah, but they're pretty cute puppies there, you know, I'm, I'm thinking. And, and so Chris is playing with them. The kids are playing with them. And I'm sitting there, and I, I, said, I said, what do y'all think? He said, I don't know. I really like this one. I really like that one. So okay. I said, Chris, baby, let's walk outside. We walk outside. I said, I said Sugar Bird, I said, is there, is there any catch in your spirit at all about these dogs? She said, well, I don't know. And I could tell she was wrestling with the same thing I was wrestling with. She said, she said, there's just something. She said, I don't know what it is. I said, well, do you have 100% peace? I said, because that's our umpire. That's what calls balls and strikes. That's what says safer out. So that's our umpire, peace. She said, she said, I don't think I do. I said, well, I don't either. I said, do you want to go tell them we're not buying the puppy or do you want me to? She said, I want you to. <laughs> so I walk in and, and I, I said, I, said I, I hate to tell you guys this. I said, but uh, we're going to pass on the puppy. I said, if we change our mind, we'll, we'll drive back up. They said, it's three hours to get, two and a half, three hours to get here. I said, yeah. I said, but, you know, uh, uh, these dogs stink. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> I said, we're just going to pass. Thank you very much. You know, didn't even ask for our money back. Just thank you very much. We get out, get back in the car, uh, go to drive off, and, and everybody, including me, is a little disappointed. You know, we, 
It's a long day. We've been up since 5 o'clock. Now it's 4, 5, 6 o'clock in the evening on a Sunday. We still have a three-hour drive, which would have been a lot more fun if we had a puppy in the car, uh, and, and it would have been wonderful. And, and Crystal pulls up her phone, and she starts looking because this lady had sent her pictures of these dogs. And all of a sudden, she started searching for dogs on, on the Internet. And this lady had been taking pictures off of the Internet and sending them to Crystal as if they were her dogs. From all, listen, pictures from like 10 years ago on the Internet, she had pulled the pictures off and was sending them to Crystal. So I'm not telling you that the dogs would have been bad dogs because I don't know or care. But what I do know is everything we were looking at was practically, if not completely, dishonest. But in that moment, the spirit of the living God was just causing something to rise up and protect. And you say, what does that mean? What's God care about a puppy? The Bible says a sparrow doesn't fall to the ground that he doesn't know about. He knows the number of hairs on our head. He's protecting us all along the way there has to be something on the inside of us that says even when I'm supposed to marry Joseph even when I'm supposed to do all these other things when God says something different I'm going to follow after the voice of the living God with all of my heart the next week all of a sudden, just like a bunch of dominoes falling in place, uh, different relationships showed up. We found out about these dogs. We got this dog. He's, he's perfect. He, does, he almost empties the dishwasher, and he's only nine weeks old, praise the Lord. But, but uh, what I'm saying is, is if you'll be sensitive to the peace of God, even when you've already made your plans, you see, God can protect you. It's one thing when God delivers you. It's a whole other thing when you don't have to go through it. It's a whole nother can of worms when you don't have to go through everything that the enemy has planned for you. The scripture continues to say, behold, so she's troubled in her spirit. She's trying to figure out uh, what, what, what's even going on. And the angel said unto her, fear not. Everybody say, fear not. Fear not, fear not Mary. For you found favor with God. And behold, you shall conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus, he shall be great and he shall be called the son of the highest and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Somebody say no end. When God begins to bless you and God begins to change your plans, when God begins to change your situation, there will be no end to the goodness that comes out of it. When you start making plans, you got to always say this. you got to say, God, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. I'm going to press towards the mark for the prize. But praise the Lord, nevertheless, thy will be done. I will change. I will turn. I am flexible. I am malleable. Did you know every time God calls you to, to witness to somebody, almost exclusively, it will be at an inconvenient time. Somebody is going to call you at 10, 11, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the morning and they're going to be broken. You're going to be going, man, I got to get up at 4 o'clock and go to work. But all of a sudden, their heart's going to be pricked and their heart's going to be open in that moment. Almost exclusively, when somebody opens up, it is not when you were hoping it would happen. The question is, can you derail your plan to walk out the peace of God? Can you be a factor for God or is God a factor for you? 
You see, there's only two ways. Either God can use you or you try to use God. Either God can use you because you are willing and able to be used or you are trying to use God. Oh God, you said if I would do this, that you would do that. You said if I would do this and I would do that. Instead of going, God, I am your vessel. I am wonderfully made in your likeness and your image. If you have a plan for me, I wish you would tell me. Now, I won't be found lazy. I'll be doing everything I know to the best of my ability. But when you decide to change my plans, I'm going to change my plans because I know that you have made a way for me where there was no way previously there's something about living for God that shifts it doesn't shift a facet of your life it shifts every facet of your life Mary's sitting here she's about to get married she's trying on dresses She's picking out colors for the, 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 the bridesmaids and she's, she's so excited about everything and all of a sudden the angel Lord comes and says something very different. Everybody said, tell your story. This is where I want to get to. Okay. Mary gets the word from the angel. She, gets, she conceives in her womb the, the, the savior of all humanity. And when she does, the Bible says she goes to her cousin's house. Her cousin's name is Elizabeth. She gets to Elizabeth's house, walks in the door to tell Elizabeth her story, and something happens. Elizabeth is pregnant. How is Elizabeth pregnant? Elizabeth was too old to have babies, never had babies. Her womb was barren. Her and her husband, Zachariah, he, they had been believing God for a baby and all of a sudden God began to speak and say, you're going to have a baby. And, and Zechariah, he, he didn't believe it so much that God says, fine. He said, here's the thing. He said, I'm not going to let you talk till that baby gets here because the reality of humanity is you will have what you say. So if I can't trust you to say what God says, then I won't give you a platform or a voice. But if you will say what God says, then I will give you a platform and a voice. So Zechariah could have derailed the whole situation by what he said because you will have what you say. So he just said, all right, Zechariah, you're not going to be able to talk until John gets here. John is Jesus' cousin. The Bible says that John is going to be a voice in the wilderness preparing the way of the Lord. The Bible says Zechariah and Elizabeth, uh, they, they get pregnant and, and, and uh, this is just several months before Mary. So she's pregnant with with. Um, John the Baptist in her womb at that, at that time and Mary walks in to tell the story and all of a sudden the Bible says the baby on the inside of Elizabeth jumped on the inside of her. Now, we've had three children and, and I don't know if I could uh, uh, necessarily picture that if I hadn't seen it in our own children but I'm glad ladies have babies and, and, I, and we don't have to, praise God because when, when those babies get excited, when they're six, seven months in the womb and they start moving around and stuff, I don't know if I could have handled that. And I'm just going to be honest with you. They're jumping and, and kicking. Sometimes you see their hand push or their foot push. I'm like, what is happening? And Crystal's like, ooh, feel right here. It's so cute. I said, that's not cute. It's that thing's trying to get out. I would too. It's probably dark in there. John the Baptist leaps, the Bible says. Leaps in her womb. She's filled with the Spirit of God and she begins to say, Oh, Mary. She begins to basically say in her own words what Gabriel said. You are so blessed, Mary. The hope of humanity is inside of you. 
You're carrying the answer to all of our all of life's problems on the end. I am so thankful. Oh, you're so highly favored. I can't believe you would come to my house. Praise the Lord. I'm so happy. She begins to just prophesy into Mary's life. All good. And Mary was just coming to tell her story. The Bible says that Mary was engaged to marry Joseph and she had to tell Joseph, could you just just picture this for just about a minute, okay? Because I'm going to wrap it up quick here. She's engaged and she's got to tell Joseph she's pregnant and she's got to try to convince Joseph that it's God's baby. If Crystal had told, I, I trust Crystal with all of my heart. But if, if when we were engaged, if she had told me that, I'm just going to tell you, it had been difficult. No, for real, baby, it's God's baby. Could you imagine Mary? The Bible said Joseph didn't believe her. We know he didn't believe her because he wanted to respectfully annul or divorce her privately so that she wouldn't be made an example of. In other words, so she wouldn't be stoned to death. Here she is carrying the rock of our salvation, yet she is going to be threatened with rocks to kill her. The Bible says that Joseph didn't believe her. How could he, church? How could he believe her? And the Bible says in a dream, the angel came and told Joseph, what am I trying to say to you this morning? Look at your neighbor, just say, tell your story. Listen, that's your responsibility. It's your responsibility to tell your story. It's your responsibility to tell what God has done for you. It's your responsibility to tell the story. What's the story? Just tell the story of Jesus. Tell who he is. Tell what he's done. Tell, tell, tell the fact that he's not dead. But the problem is, as humans, we often feel a burden that is not ours. And it's the burden of proof. When Mary came to Elizabeth, she had to have been thinking, how will Elizabeth believe me that I have the Son of God on the inside of me? And Mary didn't have to prove it. God did. She had to tell Joseph, who she's engaged to, that the Son of God was on the inside of her. And that baby bump that was growing was not because of some other man but it was actually God's son. She had to be thinking, how can Joe believe me? How can Joey, how can Joseph, how can my Joseph even believe me? But the reality is, is the burden of proof is not on her. She just has to tell the story. And God proved it. You see, if the devil can do anything, he wants to stop you from telling the story and from telling your story. And most of the time, it's not because we don't want to tell our story. That's not the thing that, that, that's not the voice that's screaming in our head. The voice that's screaming in our head is, they won't believe you. Why should they believe that? You can't hand them Jesus with nail-scarred hands and a hole in his side. You can't prove to them all the things that God has done in your life. No, the reality is, is you have to forget what that voice is saying and simply tell your story and then let God, in fact, be God and let him prove your story to be true. 
If he has to do it in a dream, he'll do it in a dream. If he has to make a baby leap in somebody else's tummy, so be it, he'll do it. What I'm saying is simple. The burden of proof is not yours. The only burden, actually, opportunity you have is to tell your story. Nobody is more open. There's two times in, in, in our modern calendar when people are most open. Number one, Christmas. Number two, Easter. That's because every single person, whether they, whether they know it or not, they're talking about Jesus. When you say Easter, you're talking about Jesus. When you say Christmas, you're talking about, you're talking about Jesus. So that's the, this is the opportunity of a lifetime for you and me. So where does it start? It starts in your home, around the dinner table, eating your enchiladas, praise the Lord. Mmm. Now you just tell the story. Who do you tell it to? My kids are already gone. My grandkids aren't in the house. You tell it to your wife. Why do you do it? Because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And you begin to build your faith up. And then by the time you step out of those doors, you're no longer wondering what should I do. You're just saying, who can I tell? I wish somebody would tell me Merry Christmas. Oh, I know, praise God, it's because of Jesus. Well, what do you mean because of Jesus? Well, don't you know Jesus was put inside the womb of a virgin named Mary? The Bible says she carried him for nine months. He was born in meager beginnings in a, in a stall laid in a manger for you and me. Wise men came and brought him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. He then uh, uh, ransomed his way all the way to Egypt. Was, uh, he lived there, was raised there. Then all of a sudden he was brought back to Israel. And then the Bible says about 30 years old, he began to do miracles miracles, signs, and wonders, and preach the way of the Lord, beginning to declare that you and me would have a ransom paid when the time was right. Then the Bible says that he carried a wooden beam up a rock hill. He was nailed to that wooden beam. The Bible said that blood spilled from every facet of who he was, dripped into humanity, and the Bible says that they killed him that day. But the reality was is he wouldn't stay dead because three glorious days later, he exited that tomb, and the Bible says that he's now seated next to our Father in heaven, preparing a place for you and me and if you will give your life to him he will save you he will set you free and he will plant your feet on a solid rock come on stand to your feet you don't have to make them believe it you just tell them the story the story's got more power than any devil in hell or any doubt in their mind the story that will last for ages because it really all starts with a story Next week, don't miss next week. I'm going to finish the story. And we're going to have a family service. All three services will be family services. And we're actually going to make it interactive with the kids. We're going to bring the kids up here and help them. We're going to let them answer some of the questions of the Christmas story. Because we're going to have fun. Because this is our time, praise the Lord. But then also, we're just going to tell the story. How long will you tell of it? Oh, I don't know. 10,000 years or so is a good start. We will tell of his goodness. We will tell of his grandeur. We will tell of his grace. We'll tell about how a baby born in a barn became the king of all creation. We'll tell about how he sets free and ransoms. We'll tell about how he heals the sick. We'll tell about how he brings peace that surpasses every understanding that we have. We'll tell about his goodness and his grace. We'll tell about how he changes us when we follow him. Bow your head and close your eyes. If you're here today and you're not right with God, I don't want you leaving that way. If you're not right with God, you've never said yes to Him or you used to walk strong with Him and something happened. If that's you and you want to give your life back to Jesus, you just heard the gospel. 
All you have to do is believe it. If that's you, you've never said yes to Jesus, or you used to, and something happened. When I count to three, lift your hand, and when uplifted hand, you're simply saying, oh God, remember me, and he really will. One, two, three, lift your hands. I see that hand, I see that hand, praise the Lord. Is there anyone else? We'll pray in just a moment. If you lifted your hand or you wanted to, pray this after me. Matter of fact, let's all lift one hand to heaven. Church, help us pray. Say, oh God, I come to you now and I ask you to save me. Write my name in your book. I believe Jesus died and rose from the dead for my victory. I'm a Christian now on my way to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Give God a mighty hand of praise. You said yes to Jesus today. Christians do three things. Number one, Christians pray. Talk to God like you're talking to your best friend. Number two, Christians read their Bible. Read your Bible every day, just a little bit. What will happen is it'll be, like a, it'll be like a good steak to you. You'll just want more when you eat a little of it. Number three, Christians go to church. If you live within 100 miles of right here, this is your church. Matter of fact, I'll ask this before we close. If you're here today, you've never officially joined our church. But you want to. The Bible says if you'll be planted in God's house, then you have the opportunity to flourish. Everything that grows has to first be planted. If you've never joined our church, you've never made it official. We have membership classes, but sometimes it's hard to get to because of scheduling. If you've never joined our church and you want to, I'm not going to put a microphone in your face. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm just going to ask you to lift your hand in just a moment. And with an uplifted hand, you're saying, I want to join this work. New Heights, I want to help you love people and point them to Christ. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to love you and point you to Christ. If that's you, you've never joined our church, but you want to, when I count to three, just lift your hand. One, two, three. Lift it up. Praise God. Anybody else this morning? So proud of you. If you lifted your hand or you wanted to, even if you filled that card out in front of you a hundred times, please fill it out. Drop it off by the tent. That way we can get you all the information about being a member of this wonderful church. Amen. Let's all lift our hands. Father, for those who've joined our church today, I thank you for that. I thank you that you're opening the windows of heaven. God, it's not our job to prove your word. That's you. We thank you for that. We thank you we don't have to bear that burden of proof. But we commit even in the Christmas season to keep Jesus the middle of this season. We love the trees, the presents, the lights. We love it all. But we are going to keep Jesus the center of this season. And we are going to see your hand move in our life. I thank you for healing our bodies, touching our minds, setting us free this day and every day. In Jesus' mighty, precious name, amen, amen. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Pastor Brian or New Heights Church, visit newheightschurch.info. And be sure to follow Pastor Brian on Twitter and Instagram. Until next time, thank you so much for liking and sharing.